2: In 1 John three sixteen, the apostle wrote, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. And then he continues expressing the practical application of that truth. He writes, Whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love
1: with word or with tongue only, but in deed and truth. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Layton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout. He's continuing in the book of John, the 15th chapter, where Jesus talks about being a true branch attached to the vine. He is the vine, we are the branches. Here's Pastor Layton as we wrap up this week on Study Verse by Verse. This
2: portion that we're going to look at today in John chapter 15 verses 12 and following uh, is either set in the upper room at the Last Supper or is occurring as Jesus and his disciples are making their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And the reason we think that's a possibility is because at the end of the previous chapter, Jesus says, Arise and let us go. But we're looking at the passage today in John chapter 15 verses 12 through 17. It reads... And that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Now, scripture is filled with stark contrasts, such as the contrast between those who are saved and those who are not, between those who are children of God and those who are children of the devil, between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of light and the satanic kingdom of darkness. And here in this passage, Jesus introduces another aspect of this contrast, and that is between those who are his friends and those who are friends of the world. James wrote in 4.4, Friendship with the world is hostility towards God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now, the Bible calls those who know and love Christ Jesus by many names and titles. They call us believers and children of God. Uh, heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus, uh, holy nation—so uh, many names. But the the title "friend" uh, captures a unique aspect of the relationship between the Lord and a believer. And in this brief passage, we find four characteristics of Jesus' friends. First, they are those who love each other. Secondly, they obey Jesus. Third, they know divine truth. And fourth. They've been especially chosen by the Lord himself. And so if you're taking notes this morning, I'll be highlighting those four characteristics. So we're going to start with the first one, which is friends of Jesus love each other. That's found in verse 12. Now this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is the second time in this teaching discourse that Jesus provides that's recorded for us between chapters 13 and 17. Where Jesus gives the command that we are to love one another. One another, The Apostle Paul reflects this in Romans when he writes, Oh, nothing to anyone except your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the righteous requirements of God's law. For the commandments say you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others and so fulfills the requirements of God's law. So if we love in the sense that Jesus uses the term here, we don't need any other rules. We fulfill God's law. And love for a fellow believer is repeatedly emphasized in another of the Apostle John's writings. He not only gave us the Gospel of John, he also gave us the epistles, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And he also gave us the book of Revelation as well. But we find these verses in his first epistle, 1st John. It reads, If anyone claims I am living in the light but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. That's chapter 2, verse 9. Chapter 3, verse 10. So now we can tell who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Then verse 14, if we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Then 1 John 4, 7 and 8, dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. And then in verse 20, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. And then First John 5, 1, anyone who believes that, Christ, that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. And he called us not only to love one another, but he set a standard. He says, just as I have loved you. That is an absolutely tall order. That is the highest form of love. Because that love is limitless and perfect. And we are incapable of providing such a love for one another. But as Jesus loved sacrificially... So also, we are called to love. We love by meeting one another's meet, needs. As one of the great pastors said, Christians love for each other is the church's most powerful apologetic to the unbelieving world. Remember recently we talked about, they will know you're my disciples by your love. You see, it doesn't matter how much theology you know or how much wisdom you claim to have. If you don't love the person sitting next to you, then nothing else matters. Now, you notice that it's a commandment, which means that love is not a matter of emotion, but rather of choice. Jesus never commands us to feel something. He commands us to do something. And one of the beautiful things about doing what we're supposed to do is oftentimes the feelings sometimes a husband or wife the the feelings to the, towards their spouse will will kind of diminish over time. but if you look upon your spouse like a treasure, if you treasure your spouse, which is a decision, Jesus said, "Where our treasure is, our heart will also be, and so that 's one of the keys for reinvigorating a relationship between husband and wife see Godly love is not an emotion or feeling, it's a decision. It's an action. And what Jesus is saying here is, My commandment is that you make the decision to love. Now, this phrase, as I have loved you, also ties directly into the next verse, verse 13, where Jesus says, Greater love is no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Now, Jesus is fully aware, though the disciples are not, that his crucifixion is only a few hours away. And that Jesus was going to die that others might live. This is a supreme test of love. Now some have raised the question, well, is dying for one's enemies even better or stronger or greater than dying for one's friends? And that's not a question that Jesus addresses directly here because he's surrounded by his friends. But it is a question that Jesus answered. Because according to Romans chapter 5, Paul wrote... You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In 1 John 3.16, the apostle wrote, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. And then he continues expressing the practical application of that truth. He writes, Whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue only, but in deed and truth. So the friends of Jesus show their love for for one another by meeting each other's need. To lay down your life, your spouse, or your neighbor, your friend, is not only the proof, but it's also the pathway and the practical practice or expression of love. The decision to set aside your own dreams, your own desires, your own wants, your own needs, your own agenda in order to minister to someone else is love. Now the second characteristic of Jesus' friends is that they obey Jesus. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Now, in the next verse, when we look at it, we're going to look at what it means to be friends with Jesus. But let's look at the conditional here. If you do what I command you, obedience and faith are closely linked throughout Scripture. For instance, in Hebrews 11, we have a chapter that's dedicated to describing the lives of people who are outstanding in their faith. And their faith was expressed through obedience. Peter wrote that believers were chosen to obey Jesus Christ in 1 Peter chapter 1. Previous in our study of the Gospel of John in chapter 3, in verse 36, we read, He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. And so there's a connection between obedience and faith. In fact, W.E. Vine points out that the word pitheo, to obey, and pistuo, to trust, are closely related etymologically. And the difference in meaning is that the former implies that obedience is produced by the latter, which is faith and trust and belief. So when a man or a woman obeys God, he gives the only possible evidence that in his heart he believes God. Now, we need to be reminded that obedience does not produce salvation. That salvation is solely based on grace through faith and not the result of work so that no one can boast, Ephesians chapter 2.
1: If that idea or that concept is new to you, we'd like to answer any questions you might have. Please give us a call at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Our phone number is area code 650-873-4095 or go to our website at highlands.us and all of our contact information can be found right there. I'm Mike Trout. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands and is supported in part by the congregation and listeners like you. You can give safely when you go to that website. Also, you'll find details on the service times if you're looking for a church home and would like to visit us this Sunday. Directions to the campus are on the website. And those service times, as I mentioned, are listed there. We begin on Saturday night, go through Sunday morning, and then have a service on Sunday evening as well. Have a great weekend, and come back on Monday at this same time when we'll open the Word of God once again and study verse by verse